are almost heading towards a one-year cycle of being together as members. And I, for one, should say that uh, it has been an interesting um, engagement we have been paired with uh, all of you. The manner in which you oversight, the manner in which you engage on the reports, and the respect that we, we continue to show to the chairperson and we continue to show to our visitors, the department and other stakeholders, and, and asking questions without fear, favor, or prejudice. And that, I think, has assisted the committee. Because uh, with, your, with your guidance and participation, from when we started until now, I can say also without fear of favor uh, and fear of contradiction, that I see the department uh, taking a proper shape in terms of repositioning itself, as it is. I said it was to be a security department and government has accepted the department as such. Uh, with the contribution of all of you members, I've seen that uh, I see the department and its repositioning taking uh, leaps and bounds. And without you, the department will not be able to, to self-correct and to look at itself in the mirror and do things that are indeed in the interest of the people. Since we have met, I think the department has lived up to its expectation in terms of providing reports and ensuring that they account. And I wish to say this, that uh, with those questions that we request that we will send answers later, please adhere with the time space of doing so, because um, to avoid members ending up writing directly to you, and I'm requesting members, when questions are not answered, Please uh, let the, the central point know that you, we have not had questions that have not been answered, so that we can take collective responsibility of whatever is happening in, in, in the committee. And um, with those words, I welcome all of you members. I'm hoping that we engage fruitfully, as we always do. Can I take uh, apologies, uh, Eddie? Uh, good afternoon. Uh, I've got only one apology of that uh, of Miss Kanyile. She said she was going to uh, go to a doctor. Okay. Thank you very much. One apology. Uh, it is that of a doctor. Um, I'm sure members will accept the apology. Safe to say that uh, we discussed this matter. The item on the agenda um, is an item that Honorable Kanyude for, for the past two meetings she has been conversing that it is there. So um, I'm a bit uh, unhappy that she had forced that this item be here and it's here today and she's not here. But uh, it is also told it's on an account of. Uh, of um, medical medical related issues. Uh, for record purposes, we will discuss and dispense of this item, and maybe she will get uh, the minutes of what um, we had resolved on. 
and uh, can we go to item number three? Is uh, the item number three? We'll start by the advocate Jensen to just give us uh, his presentation. From there, the, the minister will will take over from there. From there, I'll then uh, allow members. Uh, advocate, can you take us through? Chairperson. Yes, Honorable McClover. Uh, uh, may I ask, Chair, I, I'm not too sure the people in the meeting, I see uh, Alina Fossi, who is also in the meeting, and we are going to discuss the issue. I'm not too sure whether it's the same Fossi, if it's the same Fossi, is she allowed to be in this? She's not allowed to be in this meeting. Uh, I, I see some. Eddie, can you clarify that? Yes, she's leaving. Eddie, can you clarify that? Eddie, can you move? Can you mute? Can you I'm, mute? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, I was just checking the names, but I couldn't see her. I didn't see her because she, yeah, just, no, I couldn't she, just, see. she just she just left. Oh, okay. She just left. Why did you give the invitation, Eddie? No, I didn't give the invitation. I didn't give the invitation. So that's why I say, no, I didn't see her that she was in the meeting. Okay. Well, uh, it's a matter of housekeeping. We'll also deal with it maybe outside this meeting because this meeting is time-bound. Um. Can we allow the advocate to present? Thank you, Chair. Uh, good afternoon, members, honorable members and colleagues. Um, for those who do not know me, I'm Frank Jenkins, Senior Legal Advisor at Parliament. I'm here today with my colleague, Soloshni Gangan, who um, together we uh, dispose of the opinion for the committee. So, Chair, uh, the way I want to just do this presentation is just in broad terms explain to the committee our basis for um, our advice that was presented to the committee, and that is that the the issue of the complaints that the whistleblower has brought forward. Um, when one reads through that document, one sees that he has gone to the Public Service Commission, he has gone to the minister, and in his own words, out of his frustration, he's coming out to the committee itself. Um, what, need, what we need to know is that the committee, of course, can do only what is allowed in terms of the rules and the constitution and law to do with this um, information that has been given to the committee. So that's why we've taken the approach of um, what, how should Parliament or how should the committee process this, um, excuse me, how should they process this submission that we received? Um, from the whistleblower. Now, Chair, um, I've seen now in the meantime, and I've read the is it the interim report of the Public Service Commission. Um, my colleague will speak a little bit about that. There were certain findings made there and certain recommendations made to the minister, to the executive authority of the government printing works. Um, my colleague will also just explain that, of course, the whistleblower's complaints goes go a little bit further than what the scope of the investigation of the Public Service Commission was. And then our advice is specifically on those. How, do, how can the committee take those forward? Um, but from where we were sitting, Chair, um, 
the process itself, um, as I say, there's recommendations made, but for what the committee can do with it, it's fundamentally it's an oversight function to see exactly is the minister taking um, the recommendations on board of the Public Service Commission? How is the minister responding to that? Um, what is happening with the government printing works? Because that is a component of the Department of Home Affairs. How can the committee maintain oversight over that body without actually getting involved with day-to-day decision-making? That's the point I want to stop with. Committee can't go. Um, we don't like to say to a committee, you can't do it. But the fact of the matter is, the committee is not managing the government printing works. The committee is not doing the appointment within government printing works. The committee has an oversight of the minister and government printing works as a whole. So from that angle, we've now advised how the committee can deal with this matter. So if my, my colleague would want to come online and just explain um, or take the committee through the opinion itself, and then um, we can deal with questions, Chairperson. Uh, I'm going to mute myself and kill my camera, but if you ask me questions, I'll come online again, Chair. If that is okay with you, Chair. Okay. Proceed, colleague. Um, good afternoon, Chairperson. Good afternoon, Honourable Members. Um, so, the opinion that we were requested to provide primarily dealt with um, the allegations that were levelled against the acting CEO of GPW, um, Government Printing Works. The um, allegations went very wide, um, much wider than um, what the PSC's report dealt with. They only dealt with one um, one of the allegations. And so in the opinion, what we've suggested is that um, we've set up the regulatory framework that deals with um, fiduciary duties and responsibilities of people entrusted with financial management. Um, and we've just touched on powers of the committees. And essentially what we've said in the opinion is that um, the host of allegations against the acting CEO um, could be referred to the Public um, Service Commission for investigation. Uh, that's the crux of, of what our opinion is saying, um, essentially. Thank you. Thank you. Honourable Minister. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Honourable Chairperson, Deputy Minister, and Honourable Members. Uh, thank you for giving me this opportunity. I think I need to clarify a lot of things because even when the legal advisors of Parliament gave uh, their presentation just a, 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 a few minutes ago, I realized that there is confusion about the issues we are dealing with here. Maybe the confusion is what happened first and when. Uh, maybe I need to start there. On the 4th of February, I received a letter uh, from the general manager of human resources at the government printing works, which letter, to which letter was attached a document that was supposed to be a sort of sworn statement, whereby a worker of government printing works who left on the 31st of January, this letter I'm receiving on the 4th of February, 
The person left the employment on the 31st of January. And on leaving, he submitted the document that alleges that uh, the 18 CEO of government printing works instructed him to do corruption in the appointment of a facilitator for uh, the government printing works when they will be holding their strategic management meeting. They wanted a facilitator who will facilitate that development to draw uh, the, 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 the APPs which they come to present to parliament. So they wanted that to be in the form of a workshop which wanted the facilitator. He said, no, there, there were three people because, I mean, there were three quotations one of which pulled out and they were left with two. One cost 51,000 rand, the other was costing 54,000 rand. And the allegation is that the CFO insisted that he takes the one for 84,000 rand, meaning uh, the difference of 30,000. And that's the allegation. Then the allegation went further to say, no, this information that he was instructed to do corruption is contained in a recording, in an audio recording, because he said after receiving the information, he phoned the acting CFO, I mean CEO, the acting chief executive, and without her knowledge, taped her and put it in an audio and he said that is that is the evidence he has got. So after I received this thing, this letter on the fourth, on the 13th of February. I then received another letter from the Public Service Association, the union now, is a majority union at Government Printing Works, where they were submitting the same letter and they said, this man who has left and who has submitted this complaint that he was caused uh, to do corruption is our member. And Minister, we want you to suspend the chief executive and investigate this allegation. I then asked the head of HR that please prepare a memo for me, which I must, say, I must send to the Public Service Commission because of the seniority of, 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 of this CEO is the most senior person. You need an outside body to investigate. I then wrote a letter to the Public Service Commission on the 17th of March. I presented to them these two documents which are similar, by the way, one sent by the HR manager and the other sent by the union, but all from the same individual. I sent them to the Public Service Commission and I said, please investigate these allegations of corruption, right? So that is one uh, allegation which you did not know about. I did not send it to you. It had nothing to do with parliament, but I sent to the Public Service Commission. Then, while the Public Service Commission was investigating this allegation, on the 15th of April, my PA received an email from a gentleman called Sikokele Mike Ngwambi, who, was, who had put several allegations on that email. The first allegation was that by the way, that email was to me, was that minister 
you will know of an allegation of corruption against the acting CEO, and you did nothing about it. Remember, by that time, I had already sent it to the Public Service Commission on the 17th of March. This letter I'm receiving on the 15th of April, almost a month after I've sent this thing to the Public Service Commission. The allegation is that you are not doing anything, you are protecting the, the, the CEO. The second allegation was that we are aware that uh, you are intending to appoint this 18 CEO on a permanent position on the advertised post, regardless of this allegation of corruption. We are also aware that she is being lobbied for. Sorry, that minister, you are being lobbied to appoint her. You are being lobbied by senior ANC members. You are lobbied by MECs from Gauteng. You are lobbied by some director generals. And the biggest lobbyist, lobbyist minister is your best friend, the acting director general of COCTA. And then we are also aware, Minister, that you have got business deals with this lady. You have promised business deals with each other. That's why we are going to appoint her. And Minister, if you appoint her, I will send a letter to Parliament, to the chairperson of the Portfolio Committee. I will send a letter to the President of the country. I will send a letter to the Minister of Public Service and Administration. I will send the letter to the media. And lastly, I'll go to court. Those were the allegations in that letter. And that letter was received by all of you as members of parliament. I wanted to do a follow-up with this person that if I must again investigate this allegation, firstly against Ms. Fossey, but then also against myself, uh, because I'm supposed to be making business deals with her, I needed more information, especially about these senior NC leaders and MECs and director generals who are lobbying me. We then sent an, an, an email to this person because uh, 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 we wanted to ask those questions. But before that, we asked the government printing works to check among the staff members to give us the name of this individual so that we can engage with him. And the report came that there's no such an individual here. We don't know this type of person uh, in the government printing works. We, we've never had this type of person working here. So I then realized the person who's sending this letter is not necessarily working for government printing works. But then he sent another email to uh, 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 my PA saying, I'm aware that you have sent a letter to my lawyers. And I did, Chairperson, this information on my own self, not as a minister, now as an individual because I'm being accused here for doing corruption. And I wanted to send a legal letter to say, please bring all this information which you said you have. Don't have to wait for me to do anything if you know about corruption. Why don't you write these letters? Why don't you go to court or to the media? Then I said, no, I'm going to court before you because I want you to bring this information. He then responded to my PA and said, I'm aware that you are sending me to lawyers, but, uh, uh, blah, blah, blah. In other words, just that I'm aware that you are sending all these emails, but you are not going to get me. I then decided, Chairperson, that is high time that I bring in state security to find out who this individual is. You can't find a person 
who's making such strong allegations and sending letters around, and yet we don't know. If he's a whistleblower in hiding well and fine, then he must go to the investigative agencies and tell them. The state security responded to me that they've investigated. They are at the level where they need an, a, 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 what you call, a warrant. And they can't get a warrant. The warrant can only be gotten if you go to police. I then went to report the matter to police. The police gave it over to the Hawks. And the Hawks asked me to write an affidavit about these issues. And I wrote that affidavit and, and asked the Hawks to investigate, number one, the ANC members who are said to be lobbying me to appoint Ms. Fossey, the Gauteng MECs who are doing the same, the directors general who are doing the same, this gentleman who is a friend of mine, who is an 18 DG of Pogta. And I came to discover that this gentleman who is supposed to be a friend of mine is actually the husband to this lady. And he's supposed to be a friend of mine. I've never met him, I don't know him. Even up to today as I'm sitting here, I don't know the gentleman who was the 18 DG of Cocta, who is a husband to this lady. So I said, the Hawks must investigate all those things. Further, the Hawks must investigate the fact that it is said that I'm intending to appoint this lady, regardless of the fact that she doesn't, she's not qualified to do the work. I wanted them to investigate because, Chair, as far as I know, this lady has got a master's degree and two postgraduate diplomas. And in terms of the qualification to work as a CEO of government printing works, they want an RQV uh, 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 eight, and she has got three of them. And it says you must have been in the public service for eight to 10 years, five of which you must have been at senior management. And, and this acting CEO has been in the public service for 26 years. 16 of which has been in the senior management position. So I wanted to investigate whether all those are lies, because that's the information we've got at our disposal. Then, while the Hawks were doing that, another letter was written to the Minister of Public Service and Administration, Minister Sengom Tulu, who phoned me with, those, with that letter and allegation, which was stating all these things and adding that the acting CEO also influenced me to approve a trip to Paris uh, for a conference on uh, security printing. And the, the people who went on those trips are friends, and they travel first class at the expense of the state. I said the Hawks must also investigate this because I was having a file on me and the tickets, and I know that three people undertook that trip and it was approved by me. So if the three people were supposed to be friends, I wanted that to be investigated. So, so that one, the Hawks is still investigating. Meanwhile, while all this was happening, I was then written by the ATCO again that at the time the, the post of CEO was advertised, we also advertised the post of CFO and the post of operations manager. I was then informed that those applications which people have sent in have been stolen. 
So I went to the Hawks again and told them that I think these are related things. They must also investigate the disappearance of, of all those files. In the meantime, the Public Service Commission completed their investigation, which they presented to me yesterday. And uh, it's a quite a lengthy presentation. I immediately this morning, because I received it last night, I sent the copy to the chairperson of the portfolio committee. I'm sure he'll give you that copy. But I just want to summarize what is written there. Uh, on page five of this report, or maybe let me, before coming there, just to give you the silent issues. The Public Service Commission wrote to me when they were investigating to send them several documents. And I asked Mr. Holambi, which I think is here, he was the acting CFO at Public Printing Works at that time. I asked him to send them those documents. They were looking for all the policies of procurement. They were looking for the meetings of the, uh, 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 the, the supply chain management. They were looking for the attendance register. They were looking for all that information and Mr. Holambi sent them. Now, in their report, they interviewed several people at Government Printing Works, including the gentleman who wrote this letter, who has since left Government Printing Works. They interviewed him and uh, asked for him to present this audio because his main evidence, as he said in the letter he wrote to me, is that I taped this person instructing me to do corruption. So they were asking for that audio to listen to it. The gentleman then told them that, no, his phone fell into water. He does not have it. But then he said he has got two people who will vouch for him that such a recording happened because they were listening to him. Because he said, when I was recording the CEO, I put it on the speaker and called these two people who are colleagues to come and listen. The first one was called in who confirmed that, yes, he had that recording. The second one said, yes, he had it, but he forgot what was said. And, and so that's the information about the, the, the recording, which is in the report. But on page five of the report, I'm reading it, a paragraph 7.2.2, you can mark it, so that when you get this report, you'll read it. Uh, I'm reading it verbatim, it says, the Public Service Commission investigated the regularity of the process followed in the procurement of service provider to facilitate a strategic planning session of the government printing works that was held during the period of 15 to 16 October 2019, in accordance with the terms of reference for the investigation. During the investigation, there was no evidence presented to the Public Service Commission suggesting that there was corruption on the part of Ms. Alina Fossey. Otherwise, the Public Service Commission will have reflected it as such in this report and referred it to a relevant, competent body for further attention. So they are saying they never sent anything to any competent body for further attention because there was no evidence of corruption. Remember, they were not aware that on my side, 
I've already sent documents to the hogs because the Public Service Commission was not in, did not receive the report we, which you as members of parliament received. The only letter they received, I mean, sorry, they did not receive the, the letter of allegations which you as members of parliament received. The only document the Public Service Commission received was this letter from this gentleman who said I was instructed by phone to do corruption and I've taped it. So they say there's no evidence of corruption. Then they go on, on the findings, which is uh, page 12 of the report, on paragraph, uh, on paragraph 9.2, yes, which is on page 13 of the report, on the findings, they say no. They wrote several findings there, which I don't have to repeat about some of the processes, which uh, they believe there were some irregularities in the process. But uh, paragraph 9.2 said no finding is made on the allegations of corruption by Ms. T. A. Fawcett, and then it comes to recommendations. The recommendations is about taking corrective action. Uh, on the issues of compliance on supply chain management processes at the printing works by the acting CEO and by the then acting uh, chief executive officer, and that GPW must ensure that adequate planning is provided, and that GPW must ensure that supply chain unit provide technical advice, and that public service commission has noted that the GPW has indicated that the supply chain policy and the asset management policy, which were not approved at the time of the commencement of the investigation, have since been approved as reflected in the acting CEO's comments, and that the government printing works must urgently ensure that the financial delegation to GPW are reviewed, et cetera, et cetera. This is the end of the report, uh, Chairperson. Now, today, uh, this morning, the Hawks were with me to finalize this affidavit I must send, we, in which I'm, ask, I'm asking them to investigate all the other allegations of the letter that we have uh, received. So this report from the Public Service Commission is a final one. It's not a, an interim report. It's final. And it was investigating only one issue, the allegation that the CFO instructed somebody through a telephone which was recorded to do corruption. That one is finalized by the Public Service Commission. The others on the letter you have received, I'm waiting for the hawks and they are busy with it, including the theft of those documents, because I believe this is more or less a similar process by the same people, which is exactly what I told the hawks. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you. Um, I have... Uh requested AD to release the report to members uh, this morning. I hope every member had received both the, the report from the legal services and the report from the Public Service Commission. Can I take hands that are going to interact with the, with the report? Please, uh, we want to step off the item. Let us, if you ask questions, make suggestions so that we are able to close the item nicely.
I'm going to take Honorable Muela, Honorable Lizel, Honorable Lejoase, Honorable Magluva, and then Honorable Modise, Honorable Lekota. Honorable Ruas, Honorable Chavane, uh, over to you, Honorable Muela. Honorable Muela, are, are you still there? Yeah, me, yeah, Honorable Che. Thank you for the opportunity. Uh, Chairperson, I think uh, one, I want to first appreciate Honorable Chair the opportunity uh, given to us as members of the Portfolio Committee to interact with the long overture report, which was uh, a bit of a, a problem in our previous uh, meetings, where one of the Honorable Members were, was insisting that this report must come to the committee, uh, this report must come to the committee, and so on. One chairperson, the report is here now, um, um, presented by the department. I think I want to reflect on two issues. The first one is that um, um, we, we must acknowledge the fact that uh, on this matter, the allegations which were leveled against uh, the acting CEO um, Ms. Fossey were investigated thoroughly, according to my view and according to my understanding now, by the Public Service Commission, which is now the report is before us. And as per the minister's uh, uh, briefing, is that this is the final report of on, on investigate of, of an investigation. Now, I want to propose that honourable chair, let's consider the report as presented to us um, uh, as, as members of the committee, because our main challenge was that there are allegations level against the CEO. Now, the report before us says all those allegations which were leveled against the CEO are not, uh, are not true, which suggests that the matter must be closed. That's one, that's one matter chain. The second one is the matter, the allegations against um, 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 the minister and so on, which I'm happy the manner in which Honorable Minister has outlined it very clear that he has escalated those issues to one of the other entity that deals with uh, or one of the security agencies in our country, the Hawks. So let's allow that process but advise the Honourable Minister that as soon as the report comes to him, the report must be presented to us because it's no longer a matter of the Honourable Minister in the Department, but it's a matter of Parliament to be specific. It's a matter of this portfolio committee, which we need to be briefed timeously on those issues. So in future, Chairperson, I think it's it, 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 is, it is going to be correct for all of us as members of this portfolio committee to treat such issues 
in a very dignified manner. Because you will agree with me that even some of us were leveled, uh, were said, uh, it was said we are corrupt, we are defending corruption by one of the honorable members here in this portfolio committee. And that chairperson, it doesn't sit well to some of us because I don't know corruption, never met corruption, I'm not corrupt. Now, that member who said to us, probably some of us or members of the ANC are corrupt, honorable McGrover. So that matter must be attended to. You didn't say that, Honorable McGrover. I'm making an example. You didn't say members of the portfolio committee or members of the ANC when this portfolio committee are corrupt. So I'm saying, Chairperson, those allegations leveled against us as led by yourself are serious. To say members of some of us or members of this committee or we are defending corruption as members of the ANC in this portfolio committee, uh, those, that one must be dealt with accordingly. That's my submission, Chairperson. But summarily to say, we welcome the report presented by the by Dr. Aaron Swalid, who is the minister, and the, and the legal team from parliament. Um, I suggest that we accept the report and the matter to be closed. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. I will note you, Honorable Tito and Molekwa, and Janji will be the last. Um, Honorable Lizelle. Um, thank you very much, Honorable Chairperson. Um, and let me also just start by saying that I'm happy to see the Deputy Minister present, and I'm also happy that he is okay after the ordeal that he survived. Um, I think, again, it brings to the forefront um, what a big crisis we do have in terms of violent crime in South Africa, and hopefully we will be able to, to step up our fight against crime, but we're happy that he's safe. Um, I've got a slightly different view than my previous colleague, Chairperson. I, firstly, I want to say thank you to the Minister and the Legal Services Department for their reports. Um, Firstly, I would like to thank the Minister for his uh, intervention and in referring all the other allegations to, to the Hawks. And hopefully that investigation will be um, handled quickly and that that report could come back to us as soon as possible. But having read the documents, um, firstly, I agree that the recommendations of the Public Service Commission must be implemented. But as I read it, one of the recommendations that they made was that uh, the executive authority, uh, being the Minister, um, would have to take corrective action in relation to the non-compliance with um, supply chain management procedures, which meant that Ms. Fossey had, in fact, as I read the report, been implicated in, in trying to manipulate the tender processes, because that's what I read in the report. So it says corrective action must be taken in this regard. So I do believe that, as the legal services indicated, that if the Public Service Commission can investigate all the other allegations that have been leveled, apart from the Hawks investigation, that that should, be, that should proceed. But that, of course, um, the recommendations say that the, that action should be taken with regards to the non-compliance with supply chain management procedures, and that should be done. And I also do believe that currently, with all of these um, allegations that have been leveled against the acting CEO, 
that it is my view that while these investigations by, by the Hawks and, and the P, P, Public Service Commission um, is ongoing, that she should be placed on a precautionary uh, suspension, which was one of these um, uh, requests that, that had actually been made as well. Because I don't think that while, um, you know, there's an ongoing investigation by the Hawks, uh, legal services of parliament is suggesting that, that further investigations be done, that we take that on board and we make sure that we dispense of this matter properly by not just saying that because we've received one report that we leave it at that and uh, we, you know, we absolve her of any wrongdoing because I don't think that would be correct. So my view is to support the recommendations as they are in the PC, uh, in the Public, Public Services Commission's report that we uh, thank the minister for taking the initiative of referring the um, additional allegations to, to the Hawks, but, but that we also ask the Public Service Commission to investigate all the other allegations that have been leveled as well. And that precautionary suspension should probably uh, take place at this stage. Those, those are my view, Chairperson. Thank you. Honorable Lejoise. In that finally, this matter has been brought for discussion before the Portfolio Committee. And I would also like to agree with the previous speakers that we as parliament or as portfolio committee members, we are in no authority to investigate such matters. And especially that the report came before us and the minister has referred the issues to the hogs. I think we are in a good position to say, let's keep it there until the report comes. But over and above everything, Chair, I am worried in a manner in which this issue has been coming before the Portfolio Committee. And it is unfortunate that Honorable Kainile is not part of this meeting. Because previously, she sat in all the Portfolio Committee meetings and raised issues. It is unfortunate that she had to go outside the Portfolio Committee meeting and raise issues and allegations that she raised through an article or whatever that she wrote. I must put it before the portfolio committee that I personally am a member of the ANC deployed to parliament. And the ANC gave us a mandate not to defend corruption, but to fight corruption and maladministration. So it is wrong for Honorable Kanile to go in public and say members of the portfolio committee and especially members of the ANC sat in a portfolio committee and wanted to protect an individual for doing what the ANC do not believe that individuals should be doing, especially when it comes to servicing our people. So um, I want to request through you, Chair, that Honorable Kanyele is either she apologizes for the allegations or she withdraw the allegations she put publicly to say that we are corrupt. Because basically what she's saying is all of us are corrupt. So she must stop saying that. And for example, the minister has referred the issue to the Hawks. I see the minister as well as the employee of the ANC. So if he... Point of order, Chair. Okay, point of order. Uh, Chair, the, the allegations here are that uh, Honourable Kanyile said that the committee members are corrupt. 
what she said is that they seemed to turn a blind eye to corruption. So she did not say that the committee members are corrupt. It, it's incorrect to say that. And so we cannot make such a recommendation. Okay, uh, proceed. Thank you, Chairperson. In my understanding of the statement, alleging that we are turning a blind eye, it means we are comfortable with corruption. It can't be that we are sent here to come and fight corruption and be comfortable with corruption. Maybe we need to understand differently. But I'm saying Ms. Kanyile, Honorable Kanyile must be taken to task. It can't be that she paints all of us with her allegations. For now, I think I'll end there, Chair. Okay. Honorable McLeaver. Thank you, Chairperson. Uh, I want to start off in saying I welcome your decision in investigating the matter on how is it that Ms. Fossey got onto this meeting, who invited her, and I think she should have known better as a professional person entering into a meeting where she is a point of discussion. So really, I, I want to welcome that of yours to investigate this. Secondly, Chair, I, I want to, 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 to raise my concerns on the report as, as follows. We have received this report at uh, 11 o'clock, and it consists of 15 pages. And for me, as a member of parliament, I have to make an informed decision on this matter. I have to engage with the facts. I mean, for instance, this report indicated there is 15 energies. Not one of them is attached. I would suggest that this report must stay over, that the energies must be submitted to members of parliament. What are the reasons for the energies not to be submitted? If you look at, uh, into this whole saga, then you will see that no consideration has been, has been given to consequences management. I think that's the basis of, 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 of this investigation. And if Section 34 of the Combat of Corrupt Activities give that leap, way, and power to any member of parliament. It is his or her duty to go and to, and to report because I feel that wise information hiding from us as far as the analysis is concerned. If that is then so confidential, I would suggest that we open the door and that this committee have a, 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 a meeting in camera, discuss and interrogate the, 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 the report and come up with suggestions. I cannot come up with a, a suggestion with a report being uh, laid upon us 11 o'clock this morning without any of the energies and for us to make recommendations on such serious allegations that has been made. Again, allegations that has been made. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. Thank you so much, um, Chairperson. Let me also join those uh, who would have commended the minister um, for, the, for acting swiftly in making sure that these allegations are dealt with promptly. Um, and also, regarding the allegations 
uh, that Ms. Kanyele would have would have uh, laid against some of the members of this committee. They, they were so unfortunate. Uh, and also, let me emphasize on the fact that she needs to be brought in this in this committee and to apologize uh, to the members of this committee um, because he, he, she made allegations that don't even have any substantial evidence to prove that uh, 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 members of this committee were covering uh, corruption because that that's basically what she meant that uh, members, particularly those of the ANC. Were, were, were covering um, a, a, a corruption that was 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 uh, uh, done by uh, the, the CEO. And also to emphasize on the fact that as a committee, we don't have any obligations or duty to conduct any investigations. And let's appreciate also the, the report by uh, the legal opinion, which also doesn't say much, but simply refers us to the uh, PSC report. Am I audible, Jay? Yes. Proceed. Proceed. Jay? I can hear you. Proceed. What is happening now? I I I'm trying to figure out because there are two there are two pictures of her, so I don't know whether it is a TV that side or what. I can't hear Eddie. Yes, chair. Uh, is Miss Miss Modisa? Honorable Modisa? Okay, can you attend to that? We'll come back to it. Is uh, can we take one of the quarter now? Hello. Let me check. Hello. Yes. yes. Okay. Thank you. Chair, uh, I think we have been procedurally. Uh, wrong. When this matter had come up, the right person to deal with this matter was the head, the head of the of the of the department, because the allegations were made against him. Now, we should not have been confronted with this pile of stories which have no owner now. Some people have forgotten, others have lost their cell phones and their cell phones in the water. The matter should have been given to the executive head of the department to then raise it so that the police can systematically investigate this. And then when what comes to us is a processed matter. We are not police. We are not uh, investigators and all of that kind of thing. 
That's why some of the people have already made statements which have no foundation whatsoever. Now the, you can see that when the when the, the minister comes to report what from what he she asked from the police, nobody nobody is available to say, I know this is what happened and that is not what happened. So it's a mixed masala. Can we leave the matter in the hands of the executive and the police? If there is if there is somebody to be charged with regard to this matter and so on, it will be done, it will go to the NPA, the prosecuting authority will check who committed what mistake, what crime, and then the, those kind of issues will go to the court. But frankly, we don't need this thing before us. If I say anything here, I, I may have to face the courts myself, but I don't, I'm just appealing. Can we give the matter back to the minister for him and the prosecutorial authorities to investigate it? And then when there is, if there's any information that needs to come to us, they can bring it to us. If there's any that needs to go to the courts, they'll take it to the courts. But we can't do anything with this matter. I uh, thank you, sir. Thank you very much, Honorable Lekota. Honorable Ross. Uh, thank you, Chair. And uh, yes, welcome back, Deputy Minister. And uh, yeah, glad to see you are well. Now, um, the GPW report, uh, this report we're seeing today was supposed to serve in the last meeting, um, and it wasn't even raised until Honorable Kanyele asked about it. So it, it, it doesn't really show a, a, a sense of urgency that one would expect in this regard, because although Honorable uh, Lakota mentions that we should leave it to the Hawks and that, uh, we have a matter that this person and the, and the allegations against them is being considered right now to be appointed as the permanent uh, CEO. And so it is a matter of oversight. It, it's a matter to ensure that, it's, uh, that it is timeously investigated and that... Uh, that because these allegations could be true, they are allegations. So we need to make sure that they're investigated as fast as possible, and that in the meantime, that the right action is taken inside the department to protect the department. And so, Chair, I'm glad that we're heading in the right direction in dealing with this issue now, um, but I'd like to agree with Honorable McGlure. Uh, we need to consider the full report and the documents referred to by the minister um, at our next meeting with the PSC here to answer questions. And I'll tell you why now. So, so I also welcome the investigations by the Hawks. Um, but, but advocate, I'd like to ask you a question. So there's an allegation, and again, we talk about allegations, um, that the lead investigator of the PSC on this report uh, previously worked for Home Affairs um, and, and may have been a colleague of, of Mikosi. We don't know. So if this was true, and again, this is just an allegation, if it was true, would this constitute a conflict of interest? And, and what would be the recommended steps uh, for the committee to take when we are considering this uh, PSC investigation? Now, the PSC report is concerning, um, but it has shown a few things. Number one is that uh, the allegations of uh, Mr. Mgwambi have some substance. 
Um, so last week we had the Public Service Association coming out, also ringing the alarm bells. It's not just one person that's asking these questions. It's not one disaffected employee that is bringing up this issue. There are a number of stakeholders that are raising um, the alarm bells. And secondly, it raises concerns about the, the capabilities of the acting CEO to serve as the accounting officer of DPW. So whatever the final report is, whether it was a, um, a mistake or deliberate or whatever it may be, it, it definitely raises concerns. So there were two aspects of the terms of reference. Now, number one was, did Ms. Fossey issue an unlawful instruction? And number two, did this lead to an irregular appointment? Now, the minister says that uh, section 7.2.2 of the document uh, says that no evidence was presented to PSC to suggest corruption. And this is just unfortunately untrue. So our submission was made that uh, challenges the series of events that are articulated in this report, and especially what happened on the 14th and 15th of October. So if, if 7.2.2 of this report um, says that um, otherwise the PSC would have reacted to it um, and referred it to a relevant competent body for further attention, then we need to determine if this input exists and then it must be referred to the relevant uh, competent, competent body for further attention. So we need, we need the PSC here, and they need to answer these questions on the final report with all the addendums, which have very substantial information in them. So we don't have this other side of the story, and so we don't have the full picture. So we can't understand how did the PSC arrive at the determination of which story is true, because there were conflicting stories. Now, Honorable Moella's uh, assertion that all the allocations were investigated, um, it's clearly not true. Um, it, it, it just uh, bears mentioning. Um, so my recommendations are as follows, uh, Chair, uh, that we accept the recommendations to the committee, uh, that the rest of the uh, allegations should be investigated. Uh, now, we've heard that the Hawks will investigate all the other um, allegations, uh, but we need to consider the full report at our next meeting with the PSC here to answer um, some, some of these serious concerns, uh, including the other versions of events and whether they exist or not, uh, so that we can consider whether this should also be referred to the Hawks uh, for investigation. And then as this will take some months, um, I'd like to concur with my um, colleague, Honorable Lizelle, um, that the, the acting CEO should be placed on precautionary suspension uh, subject to further investigation. Thank you, Chair. Honorable Chabani. Uh, uh, welcome, uh, Deputy Minister, for uh, since uh, some challenges. Chairperson, in your opening, you indicated that Honorable uh, Kanyele, um, uh, she has been pressing to for this matter to be uh, discussed. Um, what I want to put across is that I don't think that the uh, narrative is correct. The report has been, the complaint has been raised by an unknown whistleblower, and uh, the department has been tasked to deal with the investigation. So, while she was raising, she was raising the speedy uh, uh, of the report to be presented, and we have uh, taken to our task that the report must be uh, presented this on the 2nd, which is today. And this is what the department has been trying. The minister indicated that the report received the report yesterday. 
has tried to uh, send a report today uh, uh, or to the chairperson so that it's circulated, uh, so that it's fine expression and discussion today's meeting, because if that was not done, um, obviously, as members of the committee, we're going to be head on with the ministry on the non-promise. of this. So I wanted to just to put that chair that uh, 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 thank the department for speeding and making sure that we receive the report. Secondly, chair, is that uh, let's welcome the report of the uh, public commission on the areas that have been indicated there and what becomes uh, their clarity in terms of the allegations that were forwarded to the community and refer to them for investigation. We must, uh, on the report, Chairperson, there's clear indication that the public commission exonerate the uh, acting CEO from alleged corruption and activities. It's unfortunate that this report, uh, Chair, if you look at uh, in detail, it has been, it has been written haphazard. In the body language, they clear uh, for non-corruption, and on the other side, they recommend uh, 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 they give recommendation to the systems in the government printings. That's what the, the report is saying. And I think Chair must affirm that position of the of the uh, public commission on the clearance because they indicate that they've been investigating the acting government printing uh, CEO. They have cleared her from allegations and non-corruption that she was alleged on. Moving forward, Chair, that on the recommendations, if you check, the PC uh, Public Commission also appreciate the good work which the executive of the government printing works they've conducted themselves in terms of the view, review on the sum of the corrective measures, putting in place policies and systems that mitigate the wrongdoings that have been identified from the supply chain management. Therefore, the PCS reaffirmed that position, that the executive authority must continue uh, uh, to look on the corrective measures in terms of the wrong, wrongdoing within the system, which is implicated in the, in the, in the uh, C uh, supply chain management. Now, taking cognizant with that area, I think I'm fairly uh, uh, agree with the um, veteran reporter, honorable reporter, that now that we have clarified ourselves within the process that has been aligned with the government printing works, we take the, 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 the task back to the executive, uh, the minister, uh, to process all what's supposed to be processed in terms of the system that is aligned with the government printing works, whereas also awaiting the process that has been taken in terms of allegations that they alleged the minister to be involved with his friends, alleged friends and the government printing works, in the prison, that report must be presented to the committee. Because chairperson who must able as members of the committee to preside over the rule of law, to understand and interpret its process. And once we get it right there, uh, and I think what the uh, honorable reporter was trying to summarize that we are incompetent to investigate, but there are bodies that can do work and report to us, which the public commission has done excellently. It is clear, it is, it is incorrect here to say uh, Honorable Kanye did not allege us. It's an incorrect assertion that she alleged that we are corrupt. We must re-emphasize that. And it's unfortunate, Chair, that a matter that comes to the Portfolio Committee, discussed by members of the Portfolio Committee, to defend the rule of law in terms of principle, 
on the issues that need to unfold thereafter once we have received all of these issues. And if members of the committee, irrespective of the political parties they're coming from, stand firm to, to defend the process as a principle that must be considered for this process to unfold, those, those members can be alleged to be corrupt or contributing to the corruption that has been, has been asserted. It's fairly wrong, Chair. And I don't think that we, we who are from that party, the ANC, who strongly don't appreciate and we, we, we demand you, Chairperson, because tomorrow it will be Honorable Moena or Honorable uh, 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 Mutise who alleges, uh, who instigate against Honorable Lizer. And it's not a conduct that we must do, because in terms of the rule, uh, our, our rules in Parliament, if you have no substantive evidence to advance, why do you allow members of the party and members to be alleged? So we're strongly on that point, Chair, that we invoke as members of the, of the ANC to, to do that. It's uncalled for, and we request for your wisdom, Chairperson, to move towards that. Uh, either she withdraw that statement or she apologize. But it's uncalled for. We're not going to do that as, as members of ANC to alert members of other political parties in the meeting on the activity they've never conducted, they don't know about, they are also found themselves in the spirit of assisting the government. Honorable Lopase has clearly indicated that the ANC, in its uh, 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 resolution, clarify itself that it needs clean governance, fight against corruption, uh, members must work within the law and the rule of law. So that is the point that we are raising to you as a chair of the committee, that is unacceptable unless you... You, 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 you enjoy the same uh, view that uh, Kanye holds on members of the uh, ANC that are in the committee. The last point, Chairperson, is that we must now, Chair, recommend again there, Chair, that the executive authority must get into the government printing rights. There's an issue here that there's a file that has been lost of the alleged applications. I think the minister uh, could not uh, capture him well. They must enter into government printing ones, Chair, just to deal with the entire system of the government printing ones, allegations that are there. Now there's an issue of the, of the uh, files that have been lost. The, the committee must, must, must get that report. We must get into the C, 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 um, senior manager who was in the supply chain, uh, who uh, was wrongly uh, uh, appointed or was legally appointed, something like that. We must get details on, 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 on that area, uh, Chairperson, because... It's our responsibility to conduct oversight without fear or favor on the work that uh, we're, we're doing so that when the committee pronounces itself on certain decisions, we must be able to, uh, to move forward. There's no any reason that the government printing work CEO must be taken out of responsibility as we speak, because that report does not cite that action. And we must allow that process to, uh, to proceed affirm the authority of the institution to conduct the investigation and come back uh, they are, uh, uh, they, uh, to the committee, give the minister time, give the minister to conduct his work. When he comes back to the, uh, the committee, respond as we allege. We must welcome the report and what must be done is to focus on the system that are entailed in the, in the, in the report. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you. Honorable Molekwa. Uh, thank you, Chairperson. I think I'm covered uh, by 
honorable members who have already spoken before me. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you, Honorable Tito. Thanks, Chairperson. Uh, our, I also like to welcome back our Deputy Minister uh, and, and also that uh, we are very glad that today you are here with us and all of those things. Chair, what I'd like to say is that uh, I welcome also the report from the from the portfolio committee and, and also the work that, that 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 the minister has done so far. And I think that we must uh, welcome that the minister has taken some means to even hand over some of the other allegations to the Hawks. So for now, sir, let us wait for the report from the Hawks and then we, we will take it from there. Thank you, Chairperson. <laughs> Honorable Janji. Uh, thank you very much, Chair. Uh, I don't want to, to waste the time of the committee. Uh, I think I want to support uh, Honorable Members Muela, Lekwase, 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 and the last Chabani uh, and the last two speakers that have spoken. It, it's quite clear, Chair, uh, and I think. Uh, both well and honorable court have summed it up that this committee were not police or investigators and that this matter needs to be put to, to, to rest. For uh, so, honorable member Lizea, if I can get into that, because there is no way that we can uh, support a, pre a preliminary suspension of the acting CEO on the basis of an allegation that are now subject of the hopes, and there is no particular link with her in this. And all of those matters have been referred to the minister, so it really doesn't make sense. We can't venture into that. Uh, I think, if, if, if I may, uh, Honorable uh, Chair, the Honorable McGrew and Honorable Ward um, are being unfair to others the committee because if you have if you have played uh, rugby or watched rugby, I want to make that example. There's something called kick for touch. Take the ball out of play so that you are able to buy time and re-strategize. I want to put it in the Africans as a bias panel. The poor attempt from them to want to waste the time of this for me. Because now they are asking us. They are asking us to play a role of a fleeting dog. Because now we're told there's something very big in the attachment. And so what has been presented now has become very clear. Now we must go and search something. The attachment might now bring the case back. I don't think we must wait the time of this committee for that kind of process. And I really want us to, to really close the matter. Uh, we have got more serious business. Difficult things and a lot of work that we need to do. This process we have attended, and there's an outstanding issue that is being dealt by another government institution. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, maybe one minute, one minute. Uh, can I give to Advocate Jensen and the colleague and the then minister? Then we do we step off. And after the item, after the item advocate, uh, 
you and your colleague you can excuse the comment is not a problem uh, advocate thank you thank you for that chair thank you for that indulgence um yeah um we will do chair from my side or from us at legal services um chair let me just answer the question directly around is there a conflict of interest um it can basically be two interests that you can have a conflict around it can either be financial or personal um so in this instance from what i hear mr ruiz is saying or honorable ruiz is saying is that the person who did the investigation for the public service commission i assume it's a legally trained person he was a or might have been a colleague of Ms. Foti at Home Affairs before he went to the Public Service Commission. Now, Chair, um, that on its own will not establish a conflict of interest. As I say, there must be a personal relationship um, that can make the person who did the investigation not put the interest of the Public Service Commission ahead of his personal interest. And that should be declared and he should recuse himself. And if there's a financial interest, that can be then investigated. So. So it's not automatic um, that there is a conflict of interest. Um, if he, the person is a legal person, there is a code of conduct that was published last year in terms of the Legal Services Act, and that person should be held accountable according to that code. Um, myself, my colleague, all of us are all subject to that code. Chair, that's the one thing. The second thing is just precautionary suspension. The precautionary suspension um, I think what the, the guideline on those things for the Public Service Commission says is you can't have a precautionary suspension purely on a suspicion. There must be a reasonable apprehension that something went wrong before you go into a precautionary suspension. Um, that's the one part, one element of a precautionary suspension. The other element is that there must be a reasonable apprehension that there will be an interference by the person if it's not suspended. Um, so, so those are grounds to suspend someone, and of course, to suspend someone—that's now more the, the minister's um, responsibility. They will be have to, they will must be given an opportunity to respond to a suspension or a possible suspension, and the reasons must be considered by the, the, the minister to say why you should or should not be suspended. One must just remember that if there is a suspension, usually it is on full pay. So you really are paying as well. So I must weigh all these things up. It shouldn't just be a, a, a knee-jerk reaction. I'm not saying do it or don't it. I just want to advise the committee what is involved with dealing with a precautionary suspension. Um, thank you, Chair. I, I'm not sure if my colleague wants to come in, but that, that's from myself. Thank you, Chair. Minister, one minute. Yeah, Chairperson, I I just wanted to respond to two issues from uh, Honorable Lizelle van der Merve, which the advocate has already helped me. Uh, the, this issue of precautionary suspension is not automatic. You, you consider reasons why a person must be suspended. When I received the first allegations, the person who put them in was already out of work, was no longer working for government printing works, and he said his, his evidence is contained in an audio on his cell. So who is going to interfere with that is with this cell at home, which unfortunately later on he said he fell into water. The second reason that uh, Ms. Fossey should have been suspended on the basis of the investigation done by the Hawks. I've already read to you what the Hawks are investigating, what you told them to investigate. 
the full names of ANC politicians who are said to have campaigned for her in the letter of the whistle or the so-called whistleblower, the identity of the MECs in Gauteng, the identity of the directors general, the identity of the so-called friend of mine who was an acting director general, the allegations of corruption, the academic and professional qualifications, which is not supposed to be having, the allegations, you know, so all those are outside the acting CEO. What, what then do you suspend there for? The hawks are the ones who can say, okay, in order to arrive here, please suspend. So let's leave it to them. The second issue I want to, re to respond to is Honorable Ruos. No, no, Honorable Falmerva also said, because the recommendation is talking about corrective step, it means the CEO was manipulating tenders. When you manipulate, in tender, when you manipulate tenders, you are doing corruption. And that's what the, what the report is saying. Manipulating tenders is tantamount to doing corruption. And if the report says so, please show me the area where it's saying somebody manipulated tenders. Because in my book, that is corruption. Uh, then, the Honorable Ruos, you are saying uh, it's untrue that they say there's no corruption. I'm sure you are questioning the Public Service Commission, not me, because I was reading from the report of the Public Service Commission. You are also saying there are a number of stakeholders, not only one, who raise consent. No, that's not true. The people who raise consent all come from one stakeholder, the Public Service Commission. The one who wrote the letter to you, none of us know who that is. We don't know whether he's a member of the Public Service Commission. We don't know whether he exists. We don't know whether he's a ghost or what. So you can't mention him as a stakeholder until... Is identified. That's why I call the state security. So there's only one stakeholder here. Is the public service, not public service commission. Sorry, man. I, I'm confused. You. The public service association, the labor union, the majority union at government printing works. They are the ones who lodged this complaint about uh, 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 tenders, and the, their member is has also lodged the complaint. And all of them come from the same source. So it's one stakeholder. The one who wrote the letter to you, it's a ghost. It's a ghost. Until maybe the investigative capacity of Hawks and, and state security tell us exactly who that is and what they find this are. We will never know whether that person is a stakeholder or not. So that's where we are, Chairperson. I'm in your hands. Thank you very much, members. Um, we go to Chairperson. Chairperson. Uh, Honorable Chaban. Lord Chair, I just wanted to agree with the Honorable McClover on the uh, that you must follow up on the investigation on the uh, person who was invited. But secondly, in addition, uh, that just get a, and also a, a view because the understanding is that these are public meetings. Uh, if a person is watching at home on the TV. Uh, how we are going to handle that. Just an, just an addition, Chair, so that when you come back to us, at least the, the, the two balance understanding uh, is there. Thank you. Okay. Now, we're, we're stepping off this item now. Um, okay. Yes, Ross? Yes. Uh, Chair, we need to actually decide whether we're going to adopt the recommendations or not. There are recommendations that need to be adopted. Um, in the report, 
I want to tell you how we were sleeping off the how we're sleeping off the item. Or you want to say something? You want to suggest something? I'm telling you how we're going oh, sorry, to sorry, sorry, I thought you were stepping off the item now. We're stepping off the item, yes. Uh, we have received the report. Uh, and uh, the report is from the legal. They're giving us a framework. The other report is from the Public Service Co Commission, as we requested. Well, what is key in the report? Uh, or before I, I speak of the report, what is clear is that, uh, or what what we members must do, we must not lose the uh, sight of the, the the real ball because what is getting clear in the report is that, uh, uh, with regard to the issues the issues that we refer to Public Service Commission, is that there is no wrongdoing. As it relates to Mrs. Force, the acting, the acting chief executive office. And then recommendation number one, they say there must be corrective issues that must be attended to by the minister. And the report, I think it does empower us. Not only the report, but even the legislative framework empowered the minister to take certain decisions. So they were referring back this thing was Minister called it yesterday. We're referring back to to look into it, but more majority of the issues fall within the, the jurisdiction of the minister to deal with. But what was cast at or went to the media and everywhere was that there was corruption on the matter that was referred to. And what the report says says that there's no corruption with regard to that specific matter. And uh, the ministers look into whatever corrective measures that they've said. And corrective measures, I think it has nothing to do with what we call precautionary suspension. And I think they advocate for explaining what the, what the precautionary suspension is and what it's about. Because precautionary suspension, it's, it has its framework within the, the, our labor laws. So we don't, it's a political decision. So we, there is no need. When the minister is going to be the one in terms of the legislation required to do precautionary suspension. The committee cannot cannot oversight that particular matter. So, and the advice that we are getting from Jensen is that if it falls within the framework, that is the jurisdiction of the minister to deal with. And uh, obviously, on the issue of the conflict of interest, I don't think. I can speak to it was the, the advocate has clarified that when it's of a conflict of interest, you're thinking about personal relations, not just that uh, because we serve in one committee with Honorable Ross, then I'm disqualified to can do certain things. There is a strict requirement for that. I think uh, it was properly clarified. And we want to thank you, Minister, for when you get these kind of allegations, you stand up and follow the follow the the right institution that must deal with this matter. And it is commendable that you took the other issues to the hawks and others, to the hawks and others to deal with this these matters. The, the the committee has now discussed the report, and we are stepping off as the committee from this issue. Whoever has a matter with this matter, 
they must comply with the investigation that will ensue on what the minister has already reported. But um, with um, regard to what the PS, PSC, that we must call them, I don't think as a committee we, we, we must uh, move to that extent. It's an extreme extent. Otherwise, if we were to call PSC, when are we going to be dealing with issues of IDs and making sure that uh, the queues are getting reduced at, uh, at, uh, at the home of friends? If an institution of PSC and their letterheads they came to this conclusion, we need to accept this within the framework of what the law provides. Which is what the law provides is that anyone who may still, may still have any matter to say with this matter must approach the competent the competent bodies. Must approach the competent bodies. But I welcome the report from the the PSC that absolved the absolved the chief executive officer of corruption on the specific issues that have been raised. And um, we will appreciate if the minister briefed the committee from time to time on whatever developments on this matter. But for now, there's no need to, 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 to even suspend the CEO because preliminary, from what we see on the issues that have already been raised, you can tell that uh, where, where exactly the problem, where is the problem. But I think what the committee will do, what the committee will do or must do is to, when we do oversight again, we have to go straight to the government, government printing works and do oversight and get consistent presentation on what may be the issues that are in the government printing works. But for now, we appreciate the report and welcome the report as it is presented before us. Any other matter, we'll take it as, as the committee and the further briefings that we'll get from the, the minister. We are going to the next item. Can you get the presentations? Uh, uh, can you get the presentations? We are running out of time. Hey. Minister, over to you. Presentation. Hey, very important issue. Okay. Ross? Uh, Chair, we, we haven't decided if we're going to accept the recommendation of the legal team. And then secondly, it, it's not unusual at all. When we have Auditor General reports that serve before the committee, the Auditor General comes and answers questions about it. It's not, in fact, it's unusual for us to consider a report of, let's say, the Public Service Commission and not have anybody there that can answer some basic questions. And we can't be no, taken, we, we can't be taken yeah, because we've, we've received half the report. So we have half the information and we are unable to ask questions. And the committee shouldn't be treated like this, Chair. We, we need to see the full report and the PSC needs to answer to it. Are you done? Uh, not yet, Chair. We, we also need to just uh, either agree to accept the recommendations or not. Chair. Chairperson. Honorable Lekwata. Chair, may I please uh, appeal to the meeting? We have, even as, uh, even as Mr. Rhodes correctly says, we're going to have a report. It's quite clear that the minister must get whatever is outstanding. If there's anything that the minister gets 
that the committee needs to entertain. We can then entertain that when it, 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 it comes, and after we entertain it, it's then that we can conclude. We can't adopt, adopt you know, recommendations when we have not finished discussing this matter. We haven't got the final word from the minister. He's waiting for other sections of the report to come. But this meeting, this meeting is, is sufficient to show us that there's a lot of work that needs to, to be done if you want to have any recommendation you're going to adopt out of this thing. I honestly do not think we are acting like mature people who are members of parliament where a matter has been brought before us, have discussed, now you want to adopt recommendations. What recommendations? I think we will adopt recommendations once the minister brings a report and he says, this is a final report, and this is what it is, and then we can discuss, and then we decide we are going to adopt something. But this is just, otherwise, we're wasting our own time. Thank you, sir. Thank you. I'm going to close on this matter because we have two presentations that are also very, very important. I agree. I agree with, I agree with you, Honorable Likod. Well, I've already summed up on the matter. What Donald Ross was saying was contesting my summation. And uh, my summation is on the basis of the majority of the views that I've heard from all of you. So if you want to contest, you can't contest my summation because it's a, it's a, I've listened to all of you speaking. I'm now concluding in a particular way. So it will be out of order from you to say you... you when I sum up, you say there's something lacking. No. I summarize. The summary is what I have said, that there's no need to do a precautionary suspension. And the issues around the conflict of interest were dealt with by the legal advice, those two issues. And that the minister was stepping off this item. The minister has referred this matter to other bodies that are competent. Any other person who has a matter will refer to that matter to those competent bodies. But as the, P, as the portfolio committee will uh, wait for the minister to give, give us an update, if there is any update. But the report can extend that it says there is no wrong, no corruption on the side of, of the, the this acting chief executive officer. It is, it is welcome. And to that end, I will take up the issue of Honorable Kanye that he has said, other members, and get the legal advice on what was said, because I thought she explained that um, she, she, she did not say exactly the way members are saying, but we'll I'll obtain a legal advice. If there's something that she might need to say or apologize, she will do so if after after a legal advice. So this matter, it remains off our 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 our, um, our plate. The minister will brief us as and when he gets information about this matter. We what we are going to do? This is a submission. We are going to visit government printing works where we'll be able to interact with all those stakeholders there. Unions. The unions and the other people that are involved there, so that we get more information about how are they running the office and what are they recommend to the minister. 
in the in the near future as a recommendation ourselves. As the can we go to the next item, Minister? Um, and take the two quick presentations. Take them as a read because uh, they were properly circulated. Just uh, take us through recommendations and so on, so that members can have enough time to engage. Over to you, Minister. Yeah, Chairperson, the, there are two reports here. One is about the VFS, the international company that is helping us when people, I mean, that is helping members of the public, especially uh, internationally in outside countries when they apply for visas uh, to South Africa. The, the report we gave you has been slightly amended after some thorough work has been done, just to give you a, a, a short, what you call summary, I mean, a, a, sorry, history. You'll be aware that the previous portfolio committee before this one has proposed that the contract of VFS be terminated forthwith. But I am made to understand that on the 5th of November 2019, this committee decided otherwise. But when the report was written, the one you are having, it was on the basis that you are terminating the relationship with a, a, a VFS. But after a thorough investigation, including the trajectory where we are on, on COVID-19, we discovered that this will destroy the department because there's no other replacement or mechanism of this company. So we must have to extend it until such time that we go into the market set thoroughly because it takes more than six months for, because the termination was supposed to be in six months time. If we do so, everything will collapse and there'll be no visas uh, 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 issued and the, the, the tourism will collapse in the country. We don't think we can afford that. It's like cutting your nose in order to spite your face. So that is the, 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 the new conclusion that we have reached, which we are putting in front of the committee. The other one about the automatic, automated, uh, uh, what do you call, uh, automated uh, 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 biometric uh, control system, the automated biometric identification system, ABIS. Yes, a report will be given and a summary thereof as to exactly where we are. So I'll leave over to, to the 18 DG, Mr. McKay, to, to take you not through this VHS, VFS report because you said it's taken as read, but to take you through the conclusions and why we arrived at those conclusions. Thank you very much. Thank you. Honorable McKay, you must have heard what the minister said. The report has been read. Take us through the conclusions. Good afternoon, Honorable Chairperson, um, Honorable Members of the Portfolio Committee, uh, Minister and Deputy Minister. Indeed, I will go through the reports. Uh, the first one that I will deal with, uh, Honorable Chairperson, is the, the automated um, um, uh, or the ABIS uh, presentation. Uh, I don't know, Chair, if the presentation is moving. The report uh, 
it's take it as read. Get us through excellent recommendation. Okay, thank you, Chairperson. Chairperson, I will then move um, to page um, 19 of the report uh, that talks to the the audit findings on uh, on on the ABUS procurement process. Uh, during the CETA audit of 2018-19, the Auditor General, as part of, of his audit process, found that this contract to develop the ABUS was awarded irregularly. This conclusion was based on the findings which had been issued by the AAG to CETA and which CETA could not resolve. So accepted the AG findings as non And as the expenditure is reflected in the books of the Department of Home Affairs, the department is expected to disclose the expenditure as irregular expenditure. Given the timing of the finding, it was a bid that with the AG that the department would be given an opportunity to engage CETA with a view of resolving these findings. The auditor, the auditor General raised the following findings, that there was a limitation of scope on the accreditation process due to CETA not being able to provide the required documents to do an audit. The second was a limitation of scope on the proposal and the awarding phase, uh, and th this related to the security clearance of Ernst and Young, and the AG is of the view that, this, that the arrangement between EOH and Ernst and Young should be further investigated as it may be viewed as possible collusive bidding. The department chairperson on slide 22 resolved with the AG to disclose this possible irregular expenditure as irregular expenditure under investigation in the 2018-19 annual financial statements. This was due to the fact that the department believed and still believes that the process followed was above board. And if CETA can provide the necessary documents, then these findings can be resolved. The department has requested CETA to provide the relevant documents in order to further investigate the matter as alluded in the disclosure note uh, of the Auditor General. CETA has provided the department with some documents. However, most of the key documents have not been found. CETA states as reasons for the failure to produce these documents, the death of the project manager and the dismissal of the SEM official responsible uh, for this project. Now, Chairperson, um, in conclusion, the department has agreed with the Auditor General to appoint an independent audit firm to investigate the matter. SABNT was appointed in March 2020, but due to the COVID-19 pandemic, they only commenced with the investigation in May 2020. Uh, and it is expected that the audit firm will conclude its investigation before the end of June 2020. Should the investigation confirm the findings, the department would have to disclose the full expenditure relating to the ABUS contract as irregular expenditure and seek condemnation. Uh, it is recommended that the portfolio committee notes this presentation, the progress made to date, and we will come back to the, uh, uh, to the portfolio committee to report on the outcome of the investigation uh, done by 
the uh, audit firm. Chairperson, I will now move to the um, presentation on VFS. I will also take it, Chairperson, that um, this uh, report has been read and that it is a continuation, Chairperson, of the of the of the meeting that we had on the 5th of November with the portfolio committee where we reported on um, uh, uh, VFS, the contract, and uh, also uh, the triple P process that we are currently underway with to appoint another service provider. I will then go, Chairperson, to slide number 24, which deals with the way forward. And this is to, uh, uh, the recommended way forward, Chairperson, is to protect the department against operational disruptions at a time when there is substantial uncertainty and global risk that COVID-19 has opposed on international travel, investment, and migratory movement in general. Our analysis provides for continuity of operation, operations whilst the department proceeds with the triple P alongside the progressive development and phased deployment of its modernization program, advancing presence and capability of an e-visa model. Retaining our current permitting and visa operations with global reach gives a surety of sustained presence and frontline support to our increased efforts that must be made to rebuild investment and tourism growth in South Africa. By doing so, the department will be able to proceed with its broader strategy to invest into a triple P, but simultaneously allow sufficient scope for the implementation of the e-visa program in a scaled and progressive rollout. The strategy also provides an opportunity for the department to reposition its long-term options of investments into its own capacity, development of skills within its own ranks, and expanding career opportunities for persons who meet the prerequisite requirements of an adjudicator. Retaining the current service provider reduces risk of disrupted service levels as any envisaged winding down of VFS operations may introduce disruption and impact on existing bilateral agreements should South the South African government not be in a position to adequately respond to travel, business, and investment and tourism demands. The intent is progressive and holds longer-term economic benefit and independency uh, uh, for the South African economy. Chairperson, on the next slide, uh, we just look at the opportunities, uh, Chairperson, that uh, this extension would bring. The, it will give us time, Chairperson, to register the, the uh, uh, or complete the triple P process. Um, it will also assist us with the, with the ease of transitioning from one service provider to another at the end of the triple P process. And also it will give us an option for the future in terms of third party services and our operating model. On the next slide, Chairperson, we just talked to the risks uh, uh, associated with termination of our current uh, contract with uh, a VFS. The termination of the VFS services on the 31st of December 2020 
A six-month period remains until the termination date of the contract with VFS Global matures. This does not provide sufficient opportunity for a handover to any new service provider in the remaining time. And this is also limited by the current COVID-19 status in the country. Uh, and also the second risk is the potential disruption for services. Besides the appointment of a new service provider, a phase transition of services and whole handover must be concluded by December 2020 to ensure service continuity. And Chairperson, we do not believe that this would be able to happen during this, but uh, in the six months that we have left. In conclusion, Chair, a triple P is already a requirement, is already registered with the National Treasury under GTEC, and the department is in receipt of a letter dated 16 January 2020, wherein a senior project advisor has been assigned to guide the department on a feasibility study required within the triple P process. Upon its conclusion, the department will then implement the triple P, which will ensure that the appointed service provider is undertaken in compliance with applicable treasury regulations. It is anticipated that this will be concluded within a space of 24 to 36 months as per normal triple P timelines. It should be considered that COVID-19 has introduced unprecedented and unforeseen changes on the department in 2020. And any drastic changes to its current operating or service model would impose higher risk in 2020-2021 than what may have been anticipated should there have not been a global, a global pandemic. Uh, this applies and is equally true for a change within country's economic growth strategy. Therefore, launching a new business strategy at this state may have additional unforeseen implications that may reduce the capability of the department to render a fully enabled and efficient global visa and permitting service. Chairperson, it is recommended that the Portfolio Committee kindly notes this presentation and supports the recommendation for a continuation and extension of the VFS contract for the time that DHA is establishing the private-public partnership in alignment with the recommendation of the Portfolio Committee of Home Affairs at its meeting on the 5th of November, 2019. I thank you, Chairperson. Thank you.
le voy a hacer. Ok. Thank you, Chairperson. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Yes, thank you, Chairperson. Chair, I, I want to ask a few uh, short questions. Uh, firstly, except that uh, VFS is based in Dubai, what is what does the department have in common with VFS? Secondly, uh, you, we cannot have a company run the monopoly for more than 10 years. This company has violated the Public Finance Management Act before, and I think for the department, is it's a it's 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 really a, a, a not an excuse to 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 come and 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 hide behind uh, hide behind COVID nineteen. You know, the COVID nineteen is only three months in South Africa. And uh, I want to know how long, what is the time frame that it will be, will, uh, that this uh, contract will be uh, uh, extended? Uh, when will it be reviewed? And uh, I'm saying again, we cannot hide behind COVID-19. What happened in the past in terms of, of, of transferring skills? And also, you know, when, when, when you look at the, 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 the scope of work, there are additional uh, countries that, that, that actually came in, 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 in into play. And uh, is this VFS also going to serve those those companies per se? And uh, I, I think we must get clarity as to when this contract will open again, uh, seeing the fact that there's already four companies uh, that has also been attendance for this. But we must stop the monopoly. And uh, uh, we I really want to know what does the department have in common with this VFS of Dubai? Did they, did they move their quarters to Dubai? Uh, thank you very much, Chairperson. Um, I'll ask a couple of uh, brief questions, but on ABIS, I want to know who owns or holds the biometric data um, under this current EOA contract. Honorable Chair. Honorable Chair. Thank you, Chair. I don't know whether I'm uh, audible enough. Honorable uh, Muella, Chairperson. Honorable Lizelle, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Honorable Lizelle was on the podium, uh, Chairperson. Sorry to interrupt. Can I continue? Chairperson, thank you very much. I'll ask a couple of, just a, a quick few questions. I would like to know who owns or holds yes. the bio. Can you hear me? 
Can I continue? Okay. I would like to know who owns or holds the biometric data um, of Avis under this EOA contract. Um, and I'm asking this because one will recall that um, it transpired that when government... I can hear you now. Can you hear me now? Okay, I don't know if I have to ask this a third time, but I would like to know about the biometric data. Who owns and holds it under the current contract? And I'm asking this because we will recall that when government used uh, CPS and Net One to pay SASA grants, it transpired that yeah, they. Yes? Yes, yes. Am, am I not audible? Can, can I not? No, Chairperson, the problem is on your side. I think uh, Honorable Lizellis is audible. Yeah. Okay, you can continue, Honorable Lizellis, because we have a problem with your coach on the other side. Thank you. <laughs> okay. So I think, yeah, let, let me just ask again then, who holds and controls or is in charge or owns the biometric data under the current contract? Um, I'm asking this or flagging this because we will recall that when government was utilizing the services of CPS and Net One. Oh, my goodness. No, no, Chair, it's not audible. The problem, the problem is. Can you. No, no, no. Chairperson. Honorable. Eddie, Eddie, come in. The problem is on. Hello, Chair. Can you cut off Lizelle for for now? Can you mute? Okay, uh, I, I I did mute. Who can? Who, who cannot hear me, members? No, who can I hear you. Who can hear me? Yeah, Eddie, can you sort out the issue with the chair? Because all of us who can, uh, we can, uh, were audible. The problems on the chairperson. Uh, yeah. Can, you that, you. can you continue? I can. So I'm asking about the biometric data um, because, as we will recall, that with CPS and Net One, when they were utilized to pay SASA grants, it actually transpired afterwards that they were utilizing the information of uh, SASA grant recipients unlawfully. And so SASA grant recipients uh, became, um, you know, they, they started experiencing illegal deductions from their accounts, and it was because their information had been shared with, with, um, with other service providers without their consent. So um, in that same vein, now that EOA wants to exit their contractual obligation, um, are we doing enough to protect the information, the biometric data um, that, that we hold, um, so that we ensure that it's not subject to misuse or abuse? Um, because the Protection of Personal Information Act is not yet fully operational. So I want to know whether we're doing enough to protect people's biometric data. Um, with regards to um, what are the reasons that were cited by EOA to um, them wanting to exit um, the, the contractual obligations? What is, um, and what if the legal opinion says that they can exit the contract? What mitigation, mitigating measures has the department actually put in place to deal with this? 
On the extension of VFS uh, um, contract, um, I would agree with the Honourable McGlure that um, I don't think COVID-19 should be used as an excuse. I think, um, you know, it should have been mitigating measures should have been put in place a long time ago. So now to say that it's because of COVID um, seems a, a bit like a cop out. So I would like to ask um, in one of the slides, the department acknowledges that there might be possible litigation from the extension of this contract without a formal bidding process. Um, so is the department uh, confident of um, uh, success should they face litigation in this regard? Because a ne negative outcome, as you already had said, will actually impact on your service delivery, but it will also result in a, a negative audit finding as far, far as I'm aware. So I would like to also ask with regards to the four uh, preferred identified service providers, which you speak of in terms of your PPP uh, process, is VFS one of the preferred um, service providers of, um, in that four that has been identified? Um, and if not, how will we ensure skills transfers in this regard? Um, I've got a few other questions, but I think I'll, I will leave it there for now. Thank you. Honourable Lukota. Honourable Lukota. Eddie. Eddie. I say he needs to unmute himself. Who's that? Mr. Lukota. I can't unmute him. Mr. Lukota, can you unmute? Okay, let's pass Honorable Honorable Modisa. Thank you, Chair. Um, on the EOH, if the AG uh, recommended investigations finds that there was a collision between the Ernest and Young and the EOH Mutombo, what then would the department do with the remainder of the AB's contract? So the department must be able to tell us what then will happen to the remainder of the contract. On VFS, Chair, I just want to check that uh, are the mobile visas application units also run by the VFS? And if they are, are they then similar to those of the Department of Home Affairs mobile uh, units offices that the, the department uses? And, and the, how many are they thereof? Thank you, Chair. Okay, thank you. Honorable Ross. Uh, thank you, Chair. <clears throat> and thank you, Minister and DG, for the presentations. Um, I'll start with the VFS contract. Um, and as a committee, we raised this issue last year. Uh, and here we sit with six months to go, um, and the you know we're sitting here with the, future, uh, the further extension of the VFS contract uh, without a competitive bid. Um, and as was mentioned before, this uh, will result in a negative audit finding. Um, and it's a big problem, Chair, and we, I think we really need to find a way to track these resolutions. Because the committee made resolutions on this at, at a meeting last year, and this has now sprung up uh, that suddenly um, they're not going to make it, the department is not going to make it. There was an indication that they were trying, they were racing to try and make it by the deadline. And now we find out six months later when it's too late that something is wrong. 
I mean, we, we need to hear about this earlier, that something is wrong, and, and track the resolutions of this committee and whether they're being carried out. Now, in that meeting, we, we, we spoke about uh, PPP, and it was very encouraging, you know, because uh, now we sit in a situation where thousands of uh, South Africans um, cannot access their passports because they're locked away in uh, TLS contact uh, offices. So although it's, uh, it's an issue of UK home affairs, it just shows what can happen. Now, when you completely outsource, you have a situation where the home office is open and processing visa applications, but the service provider is closed for an unknown reason and, and nobody's accountable. So this is the worry about a, a pure outsourced uh, solution. And, and this is the worry about it. And also the factor of, you know, um, we heard last week about moving to a modern um, technology-based uh, security cluster. And yet we, we, are, we continue to outsource these uh, security-sensitive services. So, for example, even at Lindella, I don't understand why the security service needs to be outsourced. I mean, you, you, you had uh, foreign nationals there that were going to be deported, and they escaped. And, and again, where's the accountability? Because you turn to the service provider, and they just say, well, there was a, there was a labor dispute. Um, and, and so that's a real concern, and, and, and certainly the, the PPP model looked uh, interesting. Now, on slide 22, uh, you, you say that uh, there's three models that will guide you. Um, which model are you looking at in terms of those three, the Australian one and the New Zealand one and the other one? Um, the New Zealand one looks quite interesting because they, they invested in their staff capacity overseas. Um, and if you look at our situation, you've got China, India, and Nigeria, which count for half of all our applications around the world. Um, and this is potentially 250 million rands worth of annual revenue um, for places which could really benefit from home affairs being able to take their own biometrics uh, or have more home affairs staff. So, for example, the, the Auditor General report on foreign missions, and it spoke about what's happening in Mumbai and New Delhi, um, where uh, Indian nationals are receiving free permits without supporting applications, and there's an inadequate number of officials, you know, or, or Nigeria, where 50% of the applications are fraudulent. We have a service provider that's that's at the front there. You could have uh, home affairs people that were catching it before it went through and created a backlog. Um, and then there's also the long outstanding um, applications for IDs and passports that go missing in the diplomatic bags. So my question is, you know, are you looking at ways to invest in these kind of offices as part of your uh, PPP model? And uh, where you could perhaps take some of the smaller uh, missions and allow that to be completely outsourced and take a bit more control over the very big uh, countries that are a big source of, uh, of visa business for you. In terms of the uh, the EOH and ABUS, um, so so there's been continuous uh, extensions due to delays uh, in implementing phase one, uh, which was actually supposed to end in 2018 and still not complete. Why couldn't the DHA uh, implement penalties as per contractual agreements? And then finally, uh, what are the implications uh, to home affairs? Should the legal opinion say that uh, EOH Mtobo uh, is within its right to exit the contract. Um, what are the uh, the measures being put in place if such an eventuality happens and they suddenly uh, exit? Thank you, Chair. Thank you. Thank you, Chairperson. Uh, uh, 
My question is on the ABUS, on the ABUS, on the ABUS. And then, uh, who was the Department of Home Affairs representative tasked to oversee the department's interest at CETA during the birthing process? What was their report regarding the entire birthing process that awarded EOH um, the ABUS contract? Chairperson, I'm asking uh, this question. Because of last year, we had a committee meeting where the, 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 the Minister of Communication was there with us and they were explaining to us that uh, they are busy with reports, giving us reports in terms of the missing documents and all of those things. And the Deputy Chairperson of Home Affairs was also present. He told us that uh, we actually have received uh, some of the documents, the missing documents. But now I see that here, we have appointment. We have appointed S A B and the department to 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 do more research, and they have discovered that some of the other cities they are empty. So when will the CETA come to the portfolio committee and explain what what actually what is happening? Because of we received a, a report that the, the, that the documents are there, but now they are giving us a. Uh, empty cities and the department now is saying that because of what are those documents they want to seek for for condonation so can we just get a clarity on that chairperson thank you thank you chairperson no thank you chairperson um Welcome the presentations, both presentations. Um, my 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 submission will be that uh, Chairperson, uh, on the issue of ABIS uh, procurement and so on. Um, um, let's ask uh, or request the department to brief us immediately after the investigation has been concluded, uh, especially on the audit findings. Because uh, uh, there's an independent audit for a firm that uh, has been appointed to deal with those issues. So, many my view for now is that um, um, uh, Honorable Minister, Deputy Minister, and the TG will await for a full report regarding the full expenditure uh, that relates to the ABIS uh, contract uh, so that we can be able to. Climatize uh, ourselves on those issues. That's my submission, Chairperson. Thank you. Okay, Honorable Molekwa. Thank you, Chairperson. Uh, I think I agree. Uh, that we welcome uh, the report and the issues raised by the Office of the Auditor General must be attended to as a matter of agency, and we must get a progress report on that matter. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you. Chair, she, she had a problem with the connections. Honorable Chabani? No, thanks, Chairperson. Uh, I want also just to, on a brief issues, Chair, 
Uh, on the ABC chair, I, I think the, the acting former director general um, presented a detailed report uh, last year on the issues surrounding the, uh, the ABC. The auditor general had an opinion around that. Um, and we have been laboring around uh, this matter, uh, Chairperson. If you look on this report that has been presented now, it appears there may be issues that we have presented before. Uh, and uh, uh, there's a, an acknowledgement of movement, but too slow uh, for, for, for accountability. So what Chairperson I'll propose is that, uh, and secondly, that we raise with the CETA, uh, 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 the Minister of uh, Dep- the Minister of Communication, uh, Minister Ndaveni, attended the portfolio committee meeting. And if you recollect well, Sita was unable to come to the party. Uh, in fact, we even um, uh, turned away the report that was presented, and that will need a detailed report on the issues that uh, are arising from the, this ABS and in line with the UOA. Um, so I wanted Chairperson to. Uh, to propose that the portfolio committee may need to um, recall again, um, call that meeting chair with CETA uh, in particular to deal with this matter of the um, ABC EOH so that we find uh, proper clarity on the issues that are, are, are there. Um, and once the person were unable to move within that system, we may need to refer this matter to SCOPA for, for proper uh, um, um, uh, yeah, for proper attention to the to the to the issues. Now, Chair, the questions around that is uh, uh, how how much negative impact has contributed for non-service of this EOH to the department. Um, and I hear that the deputy DG says that they will, they will give us uh, the full uh, irregular expenditure in terms of the value of money. On the area, um, how much so far did uh, they paid this institution uh, for non-service? Because we can't person allow um, uh, activities that the AG has also cited. The AG cited a possible collusion with other institutions. So I propose here that we need to call the CETA, we call the, the DHA on this matter. Uh, because when they call CETA, they blame the Department of Home Affairs. It's loss of uh, uh, loss of, the, of documents. They can't find financial uh, statement. So it's important uh, that we, we, we invoke that uh, uh, that person. I propose uh, that we we call the uh, uh, this meeting. Let's appreciate the continued process, internal investigation process that is conducted by DHA around this uh, uh, issue, where, but for proper coherence of information data. Let's bring the two uh, institutions together and get a, a, a clarity. The issue on the second presentation of the uh, VFS, yeah, VFS. I think, Chair, again, the report was presented to us in the last meeting. And out of the uh, wisdom of members of the portfolio comments, we by then resolved that this BFS must be extended and agreed that this uh, triple P must continue. There must not be disruption at the end of the process that uh, 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 should be handed over. And I want, I, I don't want us, Chairperson, to attempt to um, to rebuke the past, the previous 
portfolio committee meeting, and this decision that were the committee, the department is raising on the basis of uh, the, the COVID. Uh, the COVID now they want to extend. No, no, no. We're clear on the first in the committee. The presentation we raised. It was even clear that there were suspect of allegations. This uh, contract uh, has problems. It was articulated in terms of how far they went. Uh, clear this, uh, this 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 uh, this campaign. So we may need to, uh, to consider, given the facts that. Once there's uh, disruption on the process, it will affect uh, the uh, um, uh, uh, the country uh, badly in terms of the activities that the service providers, which are assumed to be in participation. So we must charge the you know, we must uh, uh, agree with the proposal of the department, um, allow the space of transition of handover. There are many areas that I think, including the data migration to these issues of the of the. Uh, DFS. Any other PPP that's going to be appointed chair, we must allow that uh, uh, process for, for a transition. We must consider uh, uh, this recommendation that has been has, has been put. If you want to argue on the basis of the monopoly of the of, 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 of the issues, that is an historical and political debate that uh, members want to enter into, uh, um, and I don't think that we may need to uh, to advance that that the institutions that have been holding us into anti-transformation in the country for almost 100 years or so, Chair. So if we want to enter in that as a subject for discussion, but we don't look on the services that must assist government, services that must assist uh, uh, the institution, uh, uh, we, we we're not able to, to, to assist this. So let's accept the, dis the discussion, because it's not in our interest, all of us, to want the department to collapse, uh, to want the issues that were crying on, on the department to, uh, to go disarray. Last week, we have received the report on the reposition of the department. We must align our thinking within, within that context. And this part of accepting, uh, uh, noting these challenges that are, are raising and the transition, the extension of the VFS, responds to what the, uh, uh, the last presentation has to assist the department uh, to, to move forward. Let's consider that the department must go and deal with the uh, uh, planning. Uh, we must come back, deal with planning on the trans transitional plan, once whoever is appointed, what are the issues that uh, they, they, uh, they put in place measures uh, 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 like this one of the of the uh, EOH? Once the contract said they are still within their rights to, uh, to 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 exist, what are the options that the department is uh, uh, will be uh, implementing? So that those are my uh, submission chair around the two issues. Thank you. Thank you very much, Honorable um, Chanji. Honorable Chanji, is not there. Honorable Okay. Can we? No, thank you very much, Chair. I'm going to assist uh, with the answering on some of the questions. I think the first question is around the issue of ownership of data 
by home affairs. Uh, with the manner in which the system has been structured, is such that the Department of Home Affairs becomes the owner of data and information that will be migrated in the process of uh, the automated automated biometric information system, what we commonly refer to as APIS. So I think that is very important for us to note. So there shouldn't be any fear that the data will be owned by somebody else either than the department. It will continue to sit with the department. The other issue that I think members of the committee need to take notice of, in everything that we are discussing, we must never forget the predicament that the department is in when it comes to the issue of the cap that was introduced by Treasury in terms of the cost of staff. That is very important because in some of the areas, we cannot grow capacity by growing staff because we have already reached the ceiling. And as such, that is why we had to look at other innovative ways of making sure that we continue to offer the service whilst we do not uh, sort of go over the staffing that is, 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 has been given to us by Home Affairs. That, that, that has been given to us by Treasure. And that is why we think that the system, particularly that is being adopted throughout the world, that is also being used by VFS, is a system that helps us because it also comes at no cost to the department, even in terms when you check average pricing with other countries, it still comes out uh, very low. The ultimate objective is to ultimately build our own capacity as home affairs. And that is why we are coming up with the e-visa system, which will systematically progress. Because remember, when you are talking about visas, you are not just talking about tourist visas. You are talking about working vi workers' visas. You are talking about a quite a variety of mix of visas. And that also requires us to have capacity throughout the entire world in order for us to capture those. And I think uh, the issue of the triple P has been dealt with in terms of it being registered as part of the way forward. So we have a responsibility to maintain that particular balance. And that is why you will see, even when it comes to Lindela, we will have loved to have our complete capacity being capacity of home affairs. But at the end of the day, let us remember there is that issue of capping of staff. And also, I think it's important for us when we change systems, we need to change in a progressive manner rather than a rapid manner that will see us disrupting services. Thank you. Thank you. DG? Acting DG? Um, I will just deal with some of the issues that uh, DM did not deal with yet. Oh, sorry, Minister. Go on, go on. Okay, thank you. Thank you, uh, Honorable Chairperson. Honorable Chairperson, uh, Honorable Maglua asked around the issue of what do we have in common with, with uh, VFS? VFS is uh, our business partner or service provider when it comes to frontline services for for visa applications, and that is the relationship and what we have in common with uh, with with VFS. Uh, with regard to the the issue around VFS, this matter always comes up around VFS and uh, where it's based. Um, uh, chairperson. VFS, Home Affairs is contracted to VFS South Africa. 
VFS South Africa is a subsidiary of VFS UK. VFS UK is part of the visa facilitation worldwide, which is owned by a company called EQT, which is based in Sweden. The corporate office of VFS is based in Dubai. So that is the that is the 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 company that we are we are we are doing business with. It is based in uh, in in Sweden as its head office, and I think as it has offices right across the world, it also has a corporate office in 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 Dubai. Uh, a chairperson, the 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 um, with regard to the issue of whether VFS is one of the uh, bidders. Uh, yes, they are part of the accredited uh, of the four accredited bidders in the triple P in the triple P process. Uh, um, uh, the the portfolio committee will also note from our presentation that internationally there are basically only five companies that do this type of that that offer this kind of services uh, internationally. Uh, Chairperson, with regard to the VFS mobile services to clients, uh, no, it is not similar to the to the home affairs mobile units. These are uh, suitcase services that are taken out to clients, uh, whether they are on farms or at the mines, and it is just a way to register people onto the system uh, offline, but it is not the same kind of services offered by by our uh, our, our the, the home affairs mobile mobile units uh, chairperson i think i will stop there the deputy minister had dealt with the other issues with regard to uh, to um, a vfs i am now going to ask with your indulgence chairperson if uh, mr mavuso can just respond to some of the outstanding matters with regard to EOH and uh, the investigation, uh, Chairperson. I thank you. Um, thank you very much, Chairperson and Honorable Members. Um, I'm just going to deal with the issue um, that Honorable Zell and Honorable um, Rose did ask about the legal opinion. So where we are currently is that um, EOH had indicated that they wish to cede the contract to one of their uh, subcontractors, which is a technology partner called Ademia. Um, there's been discussion between um, ourselves, our legal team, EOH and Ademia legal team, because the EOH cannot just exit the contracts because they cannot also cede the responsibilities without us as a client agreeing to that. So there has been discussions around the financials because our belief is that Whatever that has been expended, we need to get benefit out of it. Um, what has been spent so far, obviously, has covered the issue of project cost and the hardware that we needed to procure. At this point in time, um, Honorable uh, Rose wanted to know what would happen if they were to ditch us. We're currently running the honey system. What we have just done uh, in the last it did technology update on honey system. That is why um, the system has been stable for almost a year now without having any glitches. But what we want is to move towards ABS because ABS is going to to introduce other what we call um, biometrics, for example, your iris 
and other parameters so that when you are processing clients at the airport, for an example, with COVID, we're expecting that our airports must have e-gates, we're expecting that our clients must be served remotely, and so forth. So that back engine will be able to help us to be able to do that. Obviously, if there are risks relating to ABIS completion, we do have an option that we look at our current existing harness in relation to um, tech, tech upgrade on harness. The last point maybe that I must just raise is that on the issue relating to data, remember we have uh, biographic information which is sitting on our national population register. That national population register is a state and government-owned uh, software and in, uh, system. Secondly, with Hannes, Hannes, you remember, used to be run by a company called Maples. Maples is no more anymore, but Hannes is still with us because those biometrics that were collected, South Africans, it belongs to the Department of so it's state property. So nobody else can actually, we have a source code into the system. So I thought I must just um, allay the fears of the honorable members in relation to that. So I think those are the questions that um, I thought I should just quick clarify. The, the question which I might deal with, Honorable Ross, raised about TLS. TLS is not servicing South Africans, it's servicing um, the UK citizens in South Africa. So that's a different story at all. Unfortunately, the Department of Home Affairs has reached them. Thank you, Honorable Chair. Thank you. Uh, Minister, over to you now. Chairperson, thank you very much. I think most of the questions have been answered, but I just want to deal with two issues here, Chairperson. This issue that keep on arising, especially the issues flagged by Honorable McClure about VH, VFS, relationship with the department, Dubai, etc. You see, Chairperson, when this saga started, one was not in the department. And I wanted to go deep to understand what is this animal called VFS? And why are there always problems flagged by members of parliament? So I went through with the department through these presentations and I couldn't get anything and I asked, but what's going on? There are these allegations of corruption and impropriety and all that. What actually is going on? Why, why don't you put something on the table for, for, for me to see exactly what you are talking about? Then the answer I got was that minister, somebody brought the name of Gupta in this whole thing. And uh, in South Africa, the name Gupta is a soy weight. Once you are associated with the Guptas, uh, you must be thrown away completely, regardless of the facts on the table. And it looks like that is what v, v, VFS suffered. And now I understand today, when Ms. Honorable McClure mentioned Dubai, Dubai Gupta, you know, they are sort of related. And Mr. McKay has tried to, 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 to explain. So, Chairperson, this issue of using visa facilitation services. It's an international practice, and I don't want us to sit here and pretend that South Africa is not what it is. Many countries much more advanced than us, economically, huge democracies, also use these services because they don't have any capacity to do these things that you are mentioning here on, the, on your own. As 
Honorable, uh, I mean, as the acting uh, uh, DG has said, there are five companies internationally which are doing this frontline visa processing services. Is TLS Contact, which Honorable Ruos has mentioned, is working the is saving the UK, France, Netherlands, Germany, Belgium, and Hungary, and it's in the report. Then there's BSL International, saving Spain, India, China, Vietnam, Ecuador, Austria, Ghana, Kenya, Cameroon, Ireland, and it's also in the report. Then there is this v v v VFS we're talking about. It's saving UK, USA, China, Canada, New Zealand, Germany, Italy, Austria, Ghana, Nigeria, then this iData, saving Germany, Italy, and Turkey. And there is Kabako, saving France and Italy. All these countries are making use of these services because they do not have internal capacity to do what you are asking us to do. So I don't want us to sit here and pretend to you that we will be better than all these countries and have capacity. No, we don't have. Honorable rules. Uh, uh, try to compare it with uh, uh, security services. I mean, <laughs> I might know, Honorable Chairperson, please talk to Honorable Rios, but in sourcing security services cannot be anywhere near in sourcing a service like this. Do you know the, fit, the footprint that these countries have put internationally, which will take us 10 years to put on, you know? We don't have that capacity, and for me to pretend that will put all the footprint, the, the infrastructure that these companies are supposed to put, which other very advanced countries do not have, and out of the blue, South Africa will just have. I'll be lying to you. And if you dump them now, definitely there is going to be consequences, and you'll call us here and tell us why visas are no longer being done and all that. And then we'll start gi giving another excuse, and you'll call it an excuse. So I want members here to be very realistic. Now, if in the new bid, VFS is excluded, I can tell you, Chairperson, it won't be excluded on any legal basis, on any financial basis, on any recommendations from the Auditor General from ever. It will be excluded as the department has decided on the basis of perception and stigma. This, can, this company has been stigmatized by the way Gupta and Dubai. And, and so nobody wants it anymore. That's the only reason, unless somebody here give me, gives me, put on the table a real tangible reason, not just rumors, because you are making us take decisions on the basis of rumors. And indeed, I found that officials in the department got rattled and say, let's get rid of VH, VH, VFS because everybody is scared of it because it's stigmatized. But if you were to put a gun here on their foreheads and show us exactly what they have done, up to so far, nobody has been able to, 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 to tell me that. So I just want to assure you that when we do PPPs and all that, when VF, VFS is excluded as you demanding, it's on the basis of perception and stigma because something has been thrown at it, the name Gupta has been thrown at it, and nobody seems to be able to cancel it. But to believe that we can be able to replace them, like you replace security people, I mean, that's a joke, you know? We are able to outsource, like we have just outsourced security at Government Printing Works and hired 35 uh, 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 security officers. 
But to believe that changing an international visa fertilization company is exactly the same as just changing security officers. That's a joke of the decade. And I don't want honorable members to start dreaming about such things because that that's basically a dream that you'll overnight be able to, to have a capacity that an international cap, company has had. And, and remember, we're not spending money on this. They are doing this work and the clients are paying. If we do it on our own, the clients must pay us. But as the deputy minister has said, we must hire the staff. And it will be thousands and thousands of people who we must hire to do this job. When you are, we are struggling and we came in front of this committee and told you, we need to hire immigration officers to move around the country checking people who, are, who, who come into the country illegally. And, and that will be my first prize rather than trying to compete uh, with international companies with such huge resources uh, by believing like we can hire people to replace their footprint and all of a sudden do this type of work on our own. We can't, Chairperson. And I think it's high time that the, com com the committee must face that reality. The issue of EOH, where I agree with honorable members, is the statement made by honorable Chabani that we must check how much was paid for non-service and under what conditions was that was paid. I think that's a very fair comment. The department will follow it up. If EOH was not delivering, under what conditions were they paid and uh, who was uh, 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 facilitating that payment? Could it not have been avoided, etc., etc.? So let there be accountability on that one and we'll look at it, uh, Chairperson. But on the basis of believing today as you're sitting here, that one day you will dream about us having replaced an international company and, and took, took over from it. Please go back to the drawing board and think again. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Minister. And uh, thank you very much, members. Uh, with, uh, with regard to the EOH, I think uh, we would uh, have to have a follow-up meeting. We did have a meeting with uh, the Minister, Honorable Senator Abraham. So I think we must initiate another meeting to take the matter forward. I think at this stage, uh, we also have to follow what Honorable Chavane says. I would interact with the chairperson of SCOPA just to check some of the things that we can do on this work. But I accept what you say, Minister, that you are going to check the issues that relate to who paid, what happened, and so on. Your own uh, investigative. Only this native way to check the issues because we've got to say the issue to follow it to the nothing. Where corruption is happening, we need to expose it in a manner that is in the interest of our people. Um, I think that is what we'll have to follow, Minister. And next presentation. When we call you for EOH, you'll just brief us about the, the way of doing up the matter. But on our side, I'll interact with Peter again. And, but you are better off to explain to the Ostrich General about some of the things that have happened. 
with regards to VFS, uh, I, yeah, I agree with you, the presentation of the department. I think it's quite, quite a progressive uh, uh, presentation. Well, so remember the committee and the that we must extend the scope of the year. And it is commendable that to say the triple P is the register. We want to also on those issues that relate to the triple P. Uh, if this is an international campaign, in the uh, while as young as the field, in the great process, so that in the outside, we are able to give the the certain and who are. I think that I don't mind and we don't want to 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 use here favor or
I will end the meeting at least 10 minutes before. Any other person wants to say anything? Honorable, uh, yeah, yes, Honorable Ross. Honorable Maglua. Maglua. Yeah, I just want to say thank you, Chair. I, I, I like the deputy. I, I like the deputy minister's blue suit. That's all I wanted to say. No, it, it's it's actually navy blue, Chair. Uh, so that we correct. That. <laughs> okay, Honorable Chaban. <laughs> now I wanted to second the Honorable McClure. Okay, thank you. We do secondments, Honorable Members and Honorable Minister. Thank you very much uh, for the stating work that we have done over the past three hours. I, I, I really want to say to you, Minister, uh, and when you get a chance to address officials, do tell them that uh, the Committee of on Home Affairs does not take very light the work that they do uh, for the people of this country. Thank you very much. This meeting stand adjourned. You forgot to thank the thing the co chair. Thank you, thank you, Chairperson. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.